What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Backcourt Boys. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. And as you can tell, Mike is not with us. He had prior work commitments. So we bring in a sharpshooter from the Scranton Royals, Mr. Steven Bronstein. Steve, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Of course. How's it going? Going good. I did not know you shot 47% from three last year. That's pretty damn yeah. good. So let's build on that. Gone a bunch. <laughs> let's uh, build on that. Have a great senior year. Health as always, but boys, how's everyone doing? We're going to talk about some Christmas Day basketball, some Nets uh, drama. We didn't really get to touch on that. We were going to do that last week, but scheduling conflicts didn't allow that to happen. So here we are. Good, nice, needed break. But yeah, so the first news that we're going to talk about, I guess, is LeBron James signing his two-year $97.1 million extension with the Los Angeles Lakers pretty much solidifies that he's going to be a Laker for life. What do you guys think about that extension and what it means for the future, not only for LeBron, but for the Lakers? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll go first on this one. Um, this is what I predicted um, when everyone was saying, oh, he should maybe go back to the Cavs. He should at least exercise his options now that, you know, the Lakers don't have many opportunities for roster moves. But I just knew he wanted to be in L.A. Business, he wants to be the king of the show king of LA so I, I knew for multiple reasons he, he was going to stay um and yeah he's the highest highest paid player of all uh, of all time now from NBA career earnings and uh it was what I expected so I don't have too much to say on it but let's just hope uh one the Lakers figure out some roster moves in the next coming years in the next three years and also let's get Bronny on the roster yeah for sure. Steve what are your thoughts on that deal anything yeah. that yeah, I mean, I definitely expected it to. Uh, I would have preferred him to maybe explore his options and test free agency next year and see what he had because who knows what the Lakers are going to be next year with obviously they still have Westbrook to that, that contract. So I don't know. I just thought he would have thought he should have expre- or uh, thought he should exercise his options. Yeah, I mean, he obviously loves LA. That's where he wants to spend the rest of his life. He's got great business ventures there. Um, but yeah, I, the, the idea of him going to the Cavs was like a cool fantasy for basketball junkies to think about. They have the roster, they have the trade pieces if they did want to get him, but he's going to stay in LA. I mean, that's where he wants to be clearly. So you can't knock him for that. He won his championship. I think he's pretty content where he is in his life right now, uh, basketball wise and life wise. He knows that his son's going to be there in a couple of years in the NBA. So maybe he'll go play with him after that. Maybe not right away but he's going to pass Kareem for all time. He's got the championships. I don't really think he's – I wouldn't say that he's not worried about winning, but I wouldn't say that's honestly his number one priority right now. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, like uh, – You can't blame him for He's 38. Yeah, and also and also just legacy-wise, I don't think winning is like – obviously, he always wants to win. He always wants his organization to be all in, make as many roster moves to win as possible. But honestly, like – I, I just think he's at the point of his career where if he moves again to try to make a, a move, a maneuver to a better team at, for a better chance of winning out of L.A. At this stage of his career, like he's already been knocked for making career moves to chase rings or get a super team. If he makes one more maneuver, I just think he, it, it hurts his legacy. I think he just sticks it out in L.A. It's the best option. For sure. Um, all right. So that's pretty much all we need to say on LeBron. Just some nice news, I guess, for the midweek basketball people. But now let's hop into the Christmas Day schedule. So the whole NBA schedule was pretty much released this past weekend, this past week. But we're going to highlight the Christmas Day games because that's obviously one of the best days 
for basketball fans. So to start us off, we got Sixers and Knicks. Steve, what jumps out to you from that matchup, if anything? I mean, Embiid is just going to dominate. Well, he's going to – Mitchell Robinson stands no chance against him, obviously. So I'm taking the Sixers, obviously. Uh, hopefully Harden. I mean, I'm not a Harden guy anymore, obviously, because he left my nets, but we'll see what he can do. Respect. Ben, anything? Yeah, I mean, enough is – yeah. The Knicks are kind of like the Cowboys, I would say, of the NBA. It's like you want that marquee franchise, that marquee stadium on your biggest day of the year. So they always are slotted into that 12 p.m. game. And it's kind of just whoever's going to play them that nobody cares. I mean, Hawks, Sixers, Celtics, it's just whatever it is. On to the next matchup at 2.30, we have, as we mentioned, LeBron James and the Lakers traveling to Dallas to face who I think could be one of the best players of all time, Luka Doncic. What do you guys think about that matchup? I personally think the Mavs this year might take a step back in the regular season. I just don't know who that number two is going to be for Luka. I think he's going to take a crazy step forward. Obviously, he's shown that he looks a little slim this offseason, playing overseas for Serbia or um, Slovenia, whoever he plays for. But I think that it's, it's a toss-up game. We, we don't know what the Lakers are going to be at Christmas. We don't know if Andy Davis is going to be healthy. So that's, that's just picking apples and oranges right now. Um, I, I'd say, honestly, with the Mavericks and the Lakers, it's always going to be exciting when you have LeBron and Luka. Uh, LeBron always wants to put on a show on Christmas Day games because, you know, he knows everyone's tuning in. He's been doing it for, for, for so long. Luka's obviously just amazing to watch as a whole. Um, but to not really get too deep into it. But to answer your point, I think – uh, I think the Mavericks will be fine in the regular season. I think it's, uh, you know, they obviously lost Brunson, but they added JaVel McGee at the five and they added Christian Wood at the four. And I think Jason Kidd said they're going to play a big lineup. So I think it's going to be fine. It's just going to be Luka Ball. It's going to have a lot, lot of like lob catchers, some size, obviously some shooting. But uh, yeah, for Christmas Day, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I like it. Yeah, I really like the Christian Wood pickup for them. Also, Tim Hardaway should be back, but he'll be back by Christmas stay obviously right he'll be a big he'll be a big help for them yeah um I was kind of surprised that game was at 230 I would have assumed that would have been at eight maybe that's just me talking about scheduling but like talking about the next game Bucks Celtics is your five o'clock game I feel like that's kind of like the two o'clock premiere game then you maybe put what we're going to talk about Warriors Grizzlies at five and then Lakers Mavs at eight just because it's LeBron but that's we're debating nothing at that point so, yeah, let's talk about Bucks celtics I think the Celtics are, obviously, odds-wise, the clear favorite to win the championship. They got better, and they went to the NBA Finals. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon is one of the best two-way guards we have in the NBA. I think he kind of got forgotten about in Indiana because we knew he was Rookie of the Year in Milwaukee, one of the better guards in that conference for that team. The Bucks, though, I mean – if they're healthy, if they, if they had Middleton last year, they might have beat the Celtics. So I kind of like that revenge game for them. You know Giannis is going to have that marked on his calendar. Christmas Day game, what do you guys think? Yeah, I uh, I don't have to say too much on this one. We saw enough in, in, in the playoffs last year, and I think this is just a matchup that all basketball fans are looking forward to watch. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is definitely going to be either this game or the Warriors-Grizzlies will be the best two games in the, during the, yeah, Christmas. So, as Steve just mentioned, Grizzlies, Warriors at eight, and you know Ja and Draymond were chirping on Twitter. 
saying, oh, we're going to come for that. You can invite me over to your house afterwards, which I think Draymond just did. He invited John, his family, over for Christmas night dinner, which is a very nice courtesy of him. But I think the – I don't know. Like, this rivalry, it's obviously a rivalry. I feel like it's being too forced. I don't know what you guys think, but, like, that's not who – I would have much rather seen – even, like, I would have rather seen Warriors, Mavs, um, Warriors Lakers obviously because you have the star power in that matchup like I get you want to have job playing that that marquee eight o'clock game but I feel like it's being too forced upon us that the, the Grizzlies and the Warriors are the, these big rivals all of a sudden yeah I feel like the Grizzlies kind of care a lot more about like the whole matchup yeah, right. than the Warriors care like the Warriors probably really don't care at all they kind of just going to chirp them because obviously they just won the championship and the Grizzlies are just like chirping for no reason and I don't really get it but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Steve. I think the reason why it's forced is because, as you said, I don't think the Warriors really give a shit about, yeah. you know, them, like, coming at them on Twitter. Like, all right, man, like, who, like, I don't care about what you're tweeting about. You know what I mean? Like, even if – I think Jaws, I love Ja. I think he's amazing. He's going to come ready to play. He's probably going to light it up. But for me to really think of the Warriors and kind of what's going to be, like, the – back end of their dynasty really cares about a Christmas day game as much as to say they maybe they maybe did in like 2017 versus the Cavs and Kyrie and all that yeah. or you know I, I just think they don't care as much you know so that's it the Grizzlies are trying to be that young you know try hard team make their statement Jaws obviously on a mission so cool matchup though nonetheless the last game the West Coast game Suns Nuggets I mean, not much to say really about this game other than just two solid Western Conference teams should be, you know, deep threats to make the NBA Finals if they both stay healthy. The Suns are just a big question mark. I mean, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. That game seven, though, I feel like that can mentally just – it's going to take a lot for them to come back next season and really, like, be the juggernaut that – not even that the 64 or whatever win team they were last year, but just, like, to show, oh, we're still really good after – getting embarrassed like that in game seven. Cause that's, that's one of the, the worst losses I've seen in my life. Yeah, it was a bad loss. I'm also expecting the Nuggets to take a huge step this year, especially obviously getting Jamal Murray back. Hopefully they'll be fully healthy. So I'm excited for them this year. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of feeling good for Mike. He's a big yeah. uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter yeah. Jr. fan. So you've done your homework, Steve. Mike will be a, uh, I could be proud of that one, but Ben, what were you going to say about this match? It's it's an all right game, but I don't know. It doesn't entice me as much as the other ones, to be honest. Like, it'll be good, but there's there's nothing really that sticks out to me too crazy, to be honest. The Nuggets pick up anyone in uh, the offseason? Uh, they made the KCP trade. Um, They traded Will Barton for KCP. They traded Monte Morris and Will Barton for KCP and Ish Smith, so that was kind of just like a – they just wanted to upgrade, I guess, that that three and D role. I mean, Will Barron's been a pretty solid franchise player for them. So they got your Bruce Brown. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Actually, he's actually a good fit for them. Like no, I, hitting off talked, the ball with Jokic. Yeah. He, he, he fits well with that team. We've talked about that on the pod before. He that like Jokic is gonna love playing with him because he's gonna do all that dirty work and he's gonna just be cutting when Jokic has the ball in that high post, low post. And they got him on like a pretty cheap deal. So I really love that. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so that's Christmas Day. Talking about Bruce Brown's former team, let's get into the meat of this podcast. I know we have a lot of thoughts about the Kevin Durant saga and rumors that came out over the past couple of weeks. 
just to start, I want to read this tweet that came out about Kevin Durant when it said he wanted either he's going to leave and force a trade out or he wants Joe Sy, the owner, to fire Sean Marks, the GM, and Steve Nash. It wasn't one or the other. It was either I leave or you fire them both, which is ludicrous that we've come to a point in the NBA, and I'm all for players, you know, wanting to kind of have power, but they should not have the power like this. Kevin Durant should not be able to go to the owner and say this. So let's just talk real quick before we get into at least my dislike for Kevin Durant. I know Steve probably feels the same way. Kevin Durant's the man since he's been a Brooklyn Net. Signed DeAndre Jordan, horrible deal. Signed Kyrie, good deal, kind of backfired. Start DeAndre over Jared Allen. Fire Kenny Atkinson, who made them a playoff team. Hire Steve Nash, who's a bona fide cheerleader. Trade Allen and Levert for Harden. Good move in, you know, hindsight. Not hindsight, but good move at the time. Kind of backfired too. Um, hot Trade Harden for Ben Simmons. Not great. So my feeling about this is it's kind of like you just kind of got to laugh at it at this point. Kevin Durant, I truly think, and I, I used to love this man, and he broke my heart. He's one of the most delusional people, I think, on planet Earth, that he thinks that he can he, – he thinks he can truly do this and then get away as like the – or play victim or get away like fine with this. So, Steve, start us off. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I'm sure they're kind of in line with what I think, and then we can go from there. But when I saw this, I had to, I had to read it a couple times to make sure it was, it was legit. Yeah, what I really want him to come out and say is I want him to say why he wants to be traded. Like, I feel like he hasn't really, like, come out and said, like, I don't really think that tweet obviously said he wanted Nash and, and Mark's gone. But is that, after the year, he, he, he gave props to Nash. So I really wanted him to come out and say, why he wants to leave the Nets. Yeah, he doesn't have the guts to do that. I think but it's Kyrie, but... It, it, they've done everything he's asked. Like, I, I laugh because it's so... Like, they've, they've done... Sean Marks gave DeAndre Jordan $40 million to play basketball when he was beyond washed because he's friends with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is pretty much the general manager. In this, like, we talk, we talk about the GM. It's, it's more like... like uh, KDGM, <laughs> he's pulling off. I'm, I my despise for KD goes way back, and I've kind of grown like respect for him. He's battled back from injury. He showed he could still play at a high level in that regard. But the off the court stuff, it's just gotten worse. So I I, I would just I kind of want to keep hearing uh, Steve's thoughts on this because he I know personally he has a lot of thoughts. So would you rather keep Kevin Durant? Or Marks and or Nash. Like, I mean, I feel like Nash is everyone knows is kind of just disposable. But, like, would you rather keep KD and, you know, make some major organizational changes? Or do you value Marks and all he's done um, throughout their rebuild, throughout uh, the moves he's done with, with while with uh, KD and Kyrie? Like, what do you think is more valuable, shorter and long term? I mean, it's definitely a complicated question. Uh, I think that if you are, Obviously, Joe Sy, I'm saying you are under contract for four years, and I don't, I personally don't think Kevin Durant will sit out. And I think that Marks has done, Marks has done a great job with the team, obviously, or with the, yeah, with the whole team. And I guess Nat, if you really want to make him kind of happy, then I say you could potentially fire Nash. But at the same time, it's like, I don't really want, yeah, I don't want 
uh, Kevin Durant looking like he's still running the franchise. So he signed the extension, and you're going to tell him you you have to play, and I'm going to do what's best for the Nets. You're under contract. I don't think he'll sit out. Yeah, I, I honestly think Sai just has to play hardball. Because yeah. KD knew – KD – this is the problem I have. These guys willingly signed contracts to play for this team, and then as soon as something goes wrong, they're like, oh, I want out. I want – no, you signed a contract with this team for four years. It's not like it was a one-and-one, and he gets to go after one year, see what happens. He signed a long-term deal with this organization that put their trust in him, put their trust in another max player that they brought over with him because KD wanted him, and it backfired. So, yeah, sorry, Kevin, that you had some – you know, you didn't have the success you wanted. Man up. Try and lead a team for once in your life. We know you've never been able to do that, but – you know, try for once, maybe. Yeah, I think this is going to completely backfire on all these players that are kind of just really taking this player empowerment movement to a whole new standards. And I think in the next, you know, what a bargaining agreement between the Players Association and the league, I think there's going to be a pretty big, uh, you know, hammer coming down with from the owners, like being sick of this shit that all these players are putting them through. Because it's just, yeah, not like respecting contracts is just, it's not even like good for business. Forget like basketball or forget. It just doesn't make any like contractual sense clearly to do the stuff they're doing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to backfire. Um, and it's just funny how you said, Ethan, like, Oh, I think uh, Durant should man up. It's like his team. If he, if, if they just all came out and said, all right, we're going to stick it out for the rest of the season. The nets would immediately be top three in odds to win the finals. <laughs> he doesn't have to man up. He just has to literally put on his shoes and walk out there. And they're going to be like a finals contender, favorite, whatever you want to call it. It's like embarrassing. Yeah, that's just why I'm so confused on what his reason on like the trade yeah, request. That's is. a great they have point. Such, they have such a good team. Like they could go so far if they all like really say like, all right, let's all play and let's go try and win. And also like the timing, like where he ex- uh, signed the extension was, I'm pretty sure it was after the fact that Kyrie was sitting out all these games. So if he did have a problem with Kyrie, why wouldn't he? Why would he sign that? extension like i don't know it just doesn't really make sense to me and i i'm really interested to see why he really wants the trade yeah i'd love him he i'd love for him to come out and say why he wants to go i don't think the problem is with Kyrie either because he like you just said he did Kyrie did all this you know the antics that he was doing and he still signed the extension as much as we want to say oh he's buddy buddy with harden it just didn't work out with harden i think as much as people knock on Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons actually suited up, that would be a good fit for the Brooklyn Nets. And it was a good fit for the Philadelphia 76ers. So, I mean, they, they have appeased Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at every request they have had. So I really don't know why he is so eager to leave. It, the only situation I could see that he goes to and you're like, oh my God, okay, they're better than what the Nets would have been is the Celtics. And I don't think the Celtics should make that deal. So what do you guys think? The, the rumor was Sixers and Celtics. New rumor came out that, or report came out that Pelicans are not willing to offer Brandon Ingram in a deal, which I don't disagree with at all. I think they should keep Brandon Ingram. So between the Sixers or the Celtics, what do you guys think would be the best deal for the Nets and for that receiving team? Like Steve, if you, as a Nets fan, what, what excites you the most about a deal with the Celtics or even the Sixers? Yeah, I mean, there's really no – I mean, obviously – Obviously, Maxson, Kevin Durant. What would you say? Sorry. 
obviously you would be losing Kevin Durant, so that sucks. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. what I mean, trade entices you the most? I don't really see a Sixers trade that really makes a lot of sense. Why would I don't think Tobias Harris? I mean, realistically, the trade would be like Tobias Harris, Picks, and Maxi. And like basically, we just traded Durant and Harden for the Sixers roster minus Embiid. And that's kind of what, so I don't really see where like any value would be that. So obviously, I'm going to go with the Celtics trade with Brown. But if I'm the Nets, I'm also demanding that I get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Time Lord. I'm putting in Time Lord there. And because I mean, it's such a hard dilemma because not all of these teams don't want to gut out their entire franchise for Durant just because of his age. But if he was like 30, 29, then I think these teams, like, I think the deals would be a lot better. But he's 34. So it's like, you don't want to give up the best player in the, one of the best players in the world for nothing. But at the same time, you don't want to gut out your te- whole team because he's 34. And, so. um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, as, as you said, Steve, the factors that are making this so complicated is, you know, as it's just post-injury, it's getting older. And I think the biggest, like, or one of the biggest things is he's just proven that you can never keep the guy happy. He, he's on this homegrown team, homegrown team in OKC. He's the man. Everyone in, on planet Earth loves him. Uh, he wins an MVP there, makes it to the finals at like 22, 23, whatever, however old the young core was. He wants to play with a different squad. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Ethan. Then he goes to the Golden State Warriors, where he could have walked. They could have won six titles plus more. You know what I mean? So, and then, but he, does, he wasn't happy and wanted to do his own thing. So he leaves after two, three years, three years, whatever it was. Now he's with the Nets. He wants to leave after three years after he picked, plucked and choose every, uh, you know, move they made, upper management made. So I think just at the end of the day, which also, which is mostly lowering his value, is that teams are just don't want to trade eight years of assets or, you know what I mean, like a ton of long-term assets for a guy that has proven that you can't keep him happy for longer than two to three years. That's why the Celtics don't want to do it because all their assets, Rob Williams, uh, Jalen Brown, those are all guys that could be studs for eight years. And Durant's just. Celtics could have a great core for the next six years if they really wanted to. Um, So, yeah, I don't. I really think that all this just ends up with him just playing for the Nets next year. And that leads us to another topic. Kyrie is going to be a free agent. So that just adds more chaos to. What is Lakers. all the circus? I know Ben, you want you want him to go to the Lakers. I don't give a damn what Kyrie Irving does, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think the best option for the Nets is just, hey, Kevin, you're gonna play it out. We have you under contract. You got your buddy Kyrie Irving. Go try and win a championship. And if not, if if all if all hell breaks loose midseason and they're like really bad for some reason or, or an injury happens. Then maybe you try and shop Kyrie at the deadline, try and just get something for him, even if it's a couple picks to a contender. But other than that, like, you, no one knows. Kyrie Irving doesn't even know what he wants to do. So I can't, you know, put words in his mouth and say what I think a possible Kyrie Irving move would be like. But do you guys think he's going to be a net for the long-term Kyrie? Or what do you guys think is going to happen with him on this aspect? Steve? tough one i mean he's got one year left obviously and you can't let him walk away with nothing so i'm i don't know why i don't know why we haven't extended him yet i mean i get it because he's just been such a liability on off the floor stuff but 
to make everyone happy, it just makes the most sense to try to extend them or something. Because that's just the situation that the Nets are in right now. And I would have given them, I guess they said that they wanted to play at least 60 games. And I guess that's where the issue was. But I mean, I feel like you have to keep them for their win now team. And you just have to get, you have to extend them. Can't just let them walk for nothing. It's just um, like I highlighted in the beginning, how player driven this league is, how much power they have. And I mean, it makes sense because there's only 15 guys on a team. There's only 20 ish superstars in this league. So you've got to, I guess, appease Kyrie and KD by extending them and running it back. I just, this whole Kevin Durant stuff, I'm just so sick of it. It's like, dude, man up. Yeah. I, I think all this stuff just re- like resolves on what happens with KD. Obviously if KD, there's a move that arises and he's out, obviously I think they sh- uh, shop Kyrie so that he leave, he doesn't leave for nothing. Like I, it's what's just so frustrating about this process is that we're all waiting here. We know that certain people want out. Other people are rumored or unpredictable to be doing whatever the hell they want to do, and it's all just waiting on certain things to happen. So it's kind of just a waiting game for us fans here, and I feel like that's got to be pretty frustrating for you as a Nets fan, Steve. Yeah. What's your thoughts on um, on Simmons? You. Yeah, I mean, I just again, that's just why I'm so confused on why he wants a trade. I mean, he's a young like they got a young player. I mean, Simmons's resume is pretty legit. Obviously, oh, no, the, fact, the one it's literally the one series. He's a like all NBA player, all defensive NBA or all defensive yep. whatever, and he's also the, the rookie of the year. He's like what is he? 25, 26. Really young. Six I mean, eight, six eight can dribble, can defend. The only thing you cannot do is really shoot. And he doesn't need to do that on the team he's on. Like literally, yeah, everyone right. else can shoot. This he is the perfect every gap. Yeah. Which uh, also, also the Nets have uh, the way they've like gone about the summer too is they've uh, they signed T.J. Warren. They signed uh, who else? They signed. They signed. Um, they traded a pick, a first round pick for Royce O'Neal, which is a good defensive player that can shoot the three. I feel like the Nets are just preparing to say. Kevin, you're playing for us. Like they wouldn't have made those moves if they, if that was really what they were planning to do. Like, why would they sign TJ Warren and why would they trade a first rounder for Royce O'Neal if they're about to trade Kevin Durant and go into rebuild mode? I agree. And earlier in the podcast, you made a good uh, point, Steve, about uh, oh, what am I getting at here? Oh yeah, about KD. You don't think he's going to sit out? And I agree with that because um, one is at the stage of the career where stage of his career where he's trying to hit certain milestones, you know, average certain things, um, score total amount of points, get accolades. And if he's not playing, he's not getting those things. He obviously missed, you know, what is it? Two years or, you know, a year and a half, whatever for his injury, it's already set him back. So I I definitely think that sitting out is not on his mind at all. So I could definitely see him suiting up this year. Yeah. It's funny how like he like tries to make himself out on Twitter to be like a kid person who says he doesn't really care about his legacy but I just think that him on Twitter just honestly proves that he really does care about his legacy and like all that stuff is he's just a shook man right now and he's upset <laughs> yeah um quick quick before we wrap things up um so their total for the season is at 45 and a half as a betting man I would probably take that over I'm gonna be honest as a man that already has a future in them at 28 to 1 I'm going to hammer that over probably just because I've this, if anything has happened in the 30 to 45 minutes that we've spoke right now, 
it's just solidified my thinking that he's probably going to stay at Brooklyn net. So he's going to man up for once in his career. They're going to say, Kevin, put on your big boy pants, be the star for our team, be the franchise player that we need you to be. And if he doesn't want to be that, then all power to him. I still think he's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets this season. So I would take over 45 and a half wins for the Nets. What do you guys think? Steve? Yeah, I mean, that's lock. Uh, if you honestly think about it, like Durant doesn't play. I mean, Kyrie is a could be well healthy and all playing. Like he he did crack the top like three or, or three to five in MVP voting, not last year, but two years ago when he was fully healthy. So I mean, their team has – they have Seth Curry, who's a 15-point-plus-per-game scorer. They get Joe Harris back. I mean, according to Stephen A., Simmons is, Simmons is, Simmons is ready. So, I mean, this team is going to win 40, 40 – or they're going to be five games above 500, arguably without Durant, if everything goes well, in my opinion. Yeah. At Durant, they're top three in championship odds. And- so, yeah, it's a lock. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely one that I'll admit as much as I root for them to lose, um, you know, as much as I root for them to lose, whenever I'm asked or, you know, it's midseason, everyone's like, oh, like looking at finals odds or who's who's the odds to come out of the East. Like I never discount the Nets just due to the people that are on their roster. So I, I always have historically been like, you know, don't count the Nets, like don't count the Nets. But then they've failed me, even though I want them to lose. So they've like done what I wanted, but haven't done what I thought was gonna happen. If that kind of makes sense. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll probably just do it again and say they'll hit the over. But this is probably since it's the third year running. I can't say I'm that confident in them winning over that many games. But theoretically, like it always is with the Nets, if they're there, they should probably win more than more games than that. So I, who knows with this, with this damn team, you, you just, it's never, go, never goes linearly. It always goes some other, which way, but definitely does. All right. You boys got anything else on the Nets or anything basketball wise before we wrap it up? Ben, you're good. Steve, you're good. Good. Hey, one more thing. That's it. If uh, everyone's talking about, you know, the Celtics and the Sixers for the trade, I don't know why the Nets haven't looked to explore the Warriors deal. I don't know what the, like, what the salary cap or, like, what deal they could possibly make. But if you could get Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, and a bunch of first-round picks, I don't know. I feel like that would be a deal for both, both teams could potentially be interested in. Obviously, if you bring back Durant, you're winning. The Warriors just won without him. Add Durant, you're going to win another two to three if everyone stays healthy and doesn't get too old. But I don't know. Just it'd, probably, it'd probably be good for the Nets. Warriors just don't need him, I think. Like, I think the Warriors are content. They just won. They feel like they can probably win again this year. So you might as well keep the guys. Like, Jordan Poole has, a, has an unbelievable ceiling. We don't know what he's going to be yet. Could be a 25-point-per-game scorer maybe in the NBA once he's off. I think Warriors. they're gonna have to move him though contractually if he wants to get paid because they're gonna have to pay Draymond. I think. You think they want to pay Draymond? <laughs> you think they'll pay Draymond over him? I don't they know. Have to, I guess. It might get ugly. Yeah, it might get ugly. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's Draymond, getting, Draymond getting paid. Pistons bring that grit back to the uh, Motor City, but yeah, um, that's a. It's an interesting trade. I just the Warriors don't need him. They just won without him. They. They have a good young core. I think they want to keep, you know, 
the cum bucket. They want to keep Jordan Poole. They want to keep uh, James Wiseman. All those picks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think it's uh, it would definitely be a, a sick haul for the Nets. You know, all those young players I think are really good. So, yeah. but I don't know. all right, well, everyone, thank you for tuning in, Steve. Absolute pleasure having you come on and talk Nets. Uh, so don't forget, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, show your grandma, show your grandpa about this podcast if they like NBA, and we'll catch you sometime in the future for another episode of the Backward Boys. Peace. Peace.